But I love country. I love bro country. I love, oh, no. Uh, I Timmy can, time. I can listen to some old school rap. I like slow songs. You know, some Atlantic Star. Atlantic Star. You know, um, one of my, I remember in eighth grade, my favorite song was Sheriff. Oh, yeah. Um, because I had a girlfriend and that was our song. So When I'm with you. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Jesse Orr, and I'm a big-ass runner from Oak Ridge, North Carolina. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your host, Jeff Harrell. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for that introduction. Really appreciate that. That was one. Jesse did several episodes ago. We brought back because it was just that good. Well, welcome to the Big Ass Runner Trail Running Podcast. My name is Jeff Harrell. This is episode number 116. We have a great show for you in segment number one. If you have dealt with chafing issues, we're going to talk about the Moab 240 here in a second. A lot of people that were running that race certainly did. And you have not heard about Salty Bridges. You need to. And the creator, the founder the person that runs the Salty Britches business, Amy Tucker. We love Amy. She is awesome. She's going to be on segment number one talking about this amazing 24-hour adventure that she just did, the things that she learned. There's some secret stuff that she's going to share just a little bit about. You're really going to enjoy that. If you're out running right now, I think you're going to be really inspired because there are some things that she went through during this 24-hour experience, adventure that was super important. And I think you'll really want to hear. So that's segment number one. In segment number two, we have Timid Time. It's actually going to be a special episode, a special segment, a special version of Timmy Time we've never done. We're going to get to know Timmy Time a little bit more. And I think you're really going to enjoy that as well. But first... Raise your hand if you were glued to the live tracking of the Moab 240 this week. I know this episode drops, so it happened last week, but I'm fresh of just watching the finish last night. This is Wednesday that I'm recording this. It was amazing. Moab 240 is an incredible race. I think most people in the trail running world are familiar with it. It's put on by... Candace Burt and Destination Trail. It is 28,000, almost 29,000 feet of descent, a huge elevation change. It's a 240 mile, I think officially it's 238.2 miles that begins and ends in Moab, Utah. So that's the Moab 240. It is one huge single loop, there's no repetition. It's an amazing race. It's a 113-hour cutoff. So you start on Friday morning, and the cutoff is on Wednesday at 11 p.m. Four sleep stations with food. Obviously, they've got all the amazing aid stations, hot meals, medical, and more. Quite a race. And we had several folks that we know from either this local running community we're going to hear from or hear about one of them in the shout out and kudo 
Just a little teaser. We've had Courtney Boyle on the show before. She was running this as part of what she's trying to do. The tr- not only the Triple Crown, but she added the Coca Dona 250 as a bonus. You'll hear from her hopefully in a few episodes. She was running this as well. But it's just an amazing, amazing test of endurance and fortitude and raise your hand if you were glued to the live tracker as I was. And then they had a camera stationed at the finish line, which I tried to watch as much as I could. I was up late last night watching one of our local runners here, Andrew Marvin finish, which he did. You'll hear a little bit more about that here in a second on the shout out kudos, but man, what an accomplishment. And I wonder if you were like me thinking, is this something I want to do in the future? Some of you listening have done 200-mile races or 240s. So you're like, yeah, because I've done it. But how many of you, as you were watching this and were following along, thought, can I do that? And then thought, no, there's no way I can do that. Let that imposter syndrome or those negative soundtracks enter your mind. I certainly did as I watched these runners. And it's incredible the amount of planning and training and execution, and then you watch it at the end of the day, it is about just that mental toughness, that fortitude, that idea that I am, quitting is not an option. I'm going to fight through this. It's that whole idea that that we are capable to do more than we think we can. And to see these men and women finish this race there's a ton of DNFs that happens on a race like this. And I know the people that, that didn't finish, I saw one post on Instagram. They're like, I learned a lot. And man, I have got some unfinished business. I'm getting back at it. Whether you finished or not, it's a win because you've learned something along the way. And you have taken that learning and applied it to whatever that next challenge is. It may be to go back to Moab and and conquer it. But I wonder, I'd love to hear from anyone that's, that thought, I want to do this. I want to get in the lottery. I want to sign up. I think there's a lottery sign up that you can do. I got to say, I was thinking about it. Need to do a hundred miler first. That's the next order of business. But man, I just wanted to give a shout out to all those who towed the line for the Moab 240. For all those who were there as crew members that's definitely on my bucket list. I, whether I do the race myself as a runner or not, I want to participate as a crew member, as a pacer, for all those support people that helped their runners through that course. I mean, f- four full days of running Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It's five days. Unbelievable. The countless number of volunteers people at the aid station, the medical crews. I just wanted to say a big thanks of appreciation because events like the Moab 240, while a huge, big race, significant in its length, is just a showcase for trail runners and people that are observing the trail running kind of world, what it's all about. The number of people it takes to support these runners who are doing amazing things. So I just want to give a big shout out to all of those runners, pacers, crew members, volunteers, medics, 
people that put on this race. Way to go. And with that, let's get going on episode number 116 of The Big Ass Runner. Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner Hotline is the creator of the amazing product, Salty Britches, amazing company as well, Amy Tucker. Amy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back. I'm excited to talk to you. Same, because the first time we had you on, it was so much fun, and it's been a while. It's been too long. So I thought maybe we could start with you just giving us a bit of an update on on your life. I know we're going to dive into to an adventure that you had very recently, but before we get to that, just bring us up to speed. What's going on in, in the life of Amy Tucker? <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, a, a lot. I, you know, who would have ever thought a chafing ointment would take me all the places it's taken me and introduced me to all the cool people, but it has. And I feel so grateful for that, but I mean, we're always doing adventures and meeting new people that are doing really cool things, and I'm just so grateful for it, but here lately, we've been in a season of a lot of activity, I guess, because it's fall, and it's not quite as hot. You know, we're in the deep south, and it's just, the weather can be really, really tough here, but we've done some events lately, everything from training on a range with ladies that have pistols. That was a lot of oh my fun goodness. with some green berets. Yeah. Yeah. These people are intense. <laughs> <laughs> so we've done some of that. We've done a good bit of hiking and working with some special force operators and being exposed to their world a little bit, which is always cool. So we have found ourselves We've really been uh, up to our necks and a lot of activity with some high performers. And, you know, you can't help but improve your baseline every time you have that kind of exposure to those people. So that's kind of what we're doing. We're just surrounding ourselves with really high performers and people that want to get a lot better and they want to push themselves. And, of course, they all want to do it without shaving and blisters. So they pull us into the mix. So it's been a lot of fun. Just very busy. It is fun being in this kind of world environment of running, ultra running. Like you said, high performers. I talked in the open about the Moab 240 and just seeing the incredible oh. endurance and things. And it does, it just, it, like you said, it lifts kind of like all what the rising tide lifts all boats. It's like you just can't help but get inspired and. I feel like I got to get out there and, and do that as well. And I'm, I'm sure at Moab 240, there was quite a bit of salty britches that was used because that, that's quite <laughs> that's quite the long, highly yeah. chafing opportunity race there. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure lots of salty right? britches w- was per- partaken of. It's been a lot of fun with our social media because so much of it is just user generated. And these people are tagging us in these types of events like Moab and just, oh my gosh, it's just, we pinch ourselves to, that our little brand, someone's bringing us along and trusting it enough that they're using it in these really intense competitions. So that's been a lot of fun just to feel like we're a little piece of it all. And 
even hunters. I mean, people that are doing backcountry hunting and they're gone for 11 straight days and they're hiking 17 miles with all this gear and they're sharing that salty britches is the only thing they'll take with them for their feet. And I mean, holy cow. So it's been a lot of fun just to feel like we're a small part of those stories and it's just made it just made it sweet. It's so great. And, and one of the reasons I reached out to you, you had put something on social media last week about, you looked, I gotta be honest, Amy, you looked a little nervous, but you were about, you're about to, <laughs> <Totally nervous. laughs> you're about to jump into this 24 hour adventure. And I would love for you to talk about that. What, what this was, where it was and how it went. Yes, it was so nerve wracking. And there's a lot of a, mystery around this event so I don't want to give too much away but I was connected to Tom Shea who is a retired Navy SEAL who has quite the pedigree I mean he was a Navy SEAL buds instructor a sniper instructor countless deployments you can look him up online Tom Shea T-H-O-M-S-H-E-A he's on Instagram frogman out very intense guy I had met him a couple of weeks before because I'd read his book called Unbreakable and I could not put it down. I read it three days. Really, really good book. It's about internal dialogue and it's a book that he wrote to his children. There's 13 lessons he really wanted and felt compelled to teach them, but he was concerned he would not return from deployment. So with his wife convincing him, he wrote it down and this ultimately became the book Unbreakable. It's excellent. And the lesson number three is that you must do a 24-hour experience challenge for 24 straight hours. So he hosts an event like this, and turns out he lives an hour from me. So he sent me a message and said, you need to be a part of this. And when Tom Shea tells you to do something, you do it. (laughs) (laughs) But that was all he told me. You need to be a part of it. Here's the link to sign up, and here's the gear list. And that was it. Wow. So we had no idea what we were in for. We just knew that it was at Paris Mountain in Greenville, South Carolina, which is a gorgeous state park full of trails and full of climbs. So I thought, okay, well, let's go for it. So I completely overpacked, (laughs) as most of us tend to do. We were responsible for bringing all of our hydration, all of our food, all of our gear, you know, And I'm no stranger to trails. I love to trail run and I love to hike. So I was pretty familiar with most of those things and what I needed to do. And I was trying to figure out, all right, how many calories do I need? How often do I need to eat? You know, all these things. So I I just way overpacked. And I had like two coolers full of stuff. It ended up being we were going to circle back around every couple of miles to our vehicles so we could restock our hydration vest which was good because I did not, I've done the whole thing where you're taking 50 pounds on your back. I didn't want to do that again. So I was grateful to hear that we would circle back around, but I did not know a soul other than the one time I had met Tom Shea. And these people came in, there were 10 of us. They came from all over the country, some from Oregon, some from Nebraska. They were all super interesting people. No one really knew what this event would entail. We just knew we were going to do it for 24 hours. So they were all adventurous people. I mean, as you can imagine, let's book a flight from Oregon to South Carolina to do something that we have no idea what it's going to be, but we're going to do it. That's quite the adventure. (laughs) 
So it was so cool to meet these people. There was a, a dad who brought his 21-year-old daughter, and they did this together, which I thought was really cool. It just ran the gamut. I mean, there were a couple of people in their 60s. The ages were all over the place, which was even more cool. You know, these people wanted to live life. They were not afraid of, you know, venturing out and doing something they didn't know anything about. Which It was fun because when we all showed up, nobody knew who belonged with the group. So we're kind of looking at each other in the parking lot, like, hey, are you here for this thing? <laughs> Who's here for this thing? You know, and you could tell the nervous Nellies, which I was one of them, just asking all the questions. And it, it was just so funny how we just connected. But as with anything, when you do something hard in a group, it's a bonding experience. I mean, you really learn about other people and you know, everything, everything goes out the door when you're doing something super hard like this. You're just trying to get through it and help each other through it. And there is no ego. It's just gone. You know, the mask comes off after a couple of hours and you really get to know people. And that's part of the gift of doing something like this is really getting down to the core of who you are. A lot of this was about your internal dialogue and the story you have told yourself and what you believe. And then it's questioned. So this was more than an endurance event, it was almost a lot of a psychological experiment where Tom would really question you as a person and what you were telling yourself. And I don't want to go into too many details because I don't want to give it away. I highly, highly, highly suggest people check this event out. So oftentimes we're all familiar with the ultras and with running 50 miles and running 100 miles. And some people are doing the 200 milers. And those are certainly physical and mental for sure. No doubt about it. This experience was way different. So it included the mileage, but we only hit around 25 miles of trails, which I was kind of hoping we would go a little further, but I understood why we were slower because he would stop us throughout the event and we would have conversations and he would ask us really deep questions that would force us to open up and answer these questions and then he would allow us to go a couple of miles and sit in our answers and he would give us different things to think about differently Mm. so it was really intense mentally exhausting because you were really unpacking a lot of things but yet you still had to hike and walk and climb the hill and get through the rocks a lot of technical terrain so it was an interesting experience of being in the woods being on the trails and being in your head, but not just, all right, my feet hurt, my back hurts. What am I going to eat the next time? You know, it wasn't that. It was, what am I going to do with myself in the next 10 years? What are my real goals? Who am I as a person? Why do I believe certain things? What is some baggage I've carried in my life that I need to let go of? Like that kind wow. of stuff. So it was, it was really, really great in the point that it was spiritual, it was physical, it was mental, it was relational, you know, all of those things that you just don't really sit in very often and think about. So it was it was quite an interesting event. And then he would do some things that were unexpected, you know, in the middle of the night that were tough. And, you know, you didn't want to be the one to, to fail that challenge. So you're hanging on with everything <laughs> that's inside of you. So there was some of that too. And, um, it was really cool. It was exhilarating. 
And when it was done, I felt like I could do anything, wow. you know, that I could stay up another day if I needed to, you know, and Navy SEALs do that. You know, they stay up for days on yeah. end. So this gave you a bit of a insight into some of the tools that they're taught that get a lot more out of the individuals. So it just, it just proved, you know, we're not near to our potential. There's so much more in the tank. We just have to learn and be taught the skills of how to access that. So that's, that's what this was. And, you know, it was great. It was what I needed exactly when I needed it. And now I feel like, okay, I need to sign up for a 50 K. You know, I feel like I have more of the tools that I need before I was going to sign up for something like that. So, yeah, it was amazing. Cannot say enough about it. The 24-hour challenge with Tom Shea. Check it out Check it. for sure. There's a few things I love. First, you, you mentioned there were no titles or labels. Like, everyone was just there, right? You're like, oh, that person is, and you know, head of this, or that person is... Yeah, no. You stripped all mm-hmm. that. Talk yeah, that. you stripped all that away, and you're you're yeah. there just just to to bond with this other these other people, bond with this group. I think that is really cool. And we we talked on the show several episodes ago about these soundtracks, the things that we play in our heads, and a lot of times those are you know broken soundtracks, or they're, they're we're playing. Uh, you, you could never do this because for me, it's I tend to play the soundtrack of. Oh, you're in your fifties, or there's no way you can compete. Well, guess what? The guy that just won Moab 240 was 51 years old. Like, there's, <laughs> and I think the guy that was about to be in second, I think he got lost, was 54 years old. I think he ended up in the top 10 anyway. But like these broken soundtracks, we, so it sounded very similar to that. That you're you're kind of thinking through what are these stories we're telling ourselves, and a lot of times those are incorrect. We've got to replace them with with things that are true, or things that are positive, or things that are explorative or something like that. Totally. And it's hard to do that on your own. There, You just really can't because you are convinced of the stories you've been telling yourselves for your entire life. You know, that are some of it's based on your childhood. And then, you know, how do you show up as your best self? Well, you really need someone else that's skilled that can, that understands and can read through your BS to pull it out of you and reshape it. And I think that that's why this is so cool. And that's why, you know, running groups are cool and, and doing different, really hard things with people around you kind of help, help reshape what you're telling yourself. I think that's one reason that trail running has exploded the past 10 years and is just continuing to explode is because you get that, you don't get that from the triathlon community or the marathon community. You know, you get that from, the ultra community and the trail running community, it's just a completely different ball game, more holistic experience. So, yeah, I mean, we could all benefit from that, right? Absolutely. I t- totally agree with you. And I, I've heard something recently that coming out of the pandemic, people are, are kind of tired of virtual or tired of people putting like their best version of themselves online. They're they're looking for real. They're looking for raw. They're looking for authentic. And it sounds like this experience was all those things, but, but you're right. Trail running is kind of that in kind of encapsulates that it's, it's not about shiny and glossy and best version. It's really raw, authentic. Here's who I am. When we saw that, I was watching the, 
240, the Moab 240, you know, live cast yesterday, people coming in the finish line and just, you know, falling over and they look awful, but it's, it's glorious. It's amazing. <laughs> so it sounds like totally. that was a lot like this experience. Well, I'd love for, if you don't mind, Amy, maybe share a high that you had during this experience and maybe, maybe a low that you experienced. Oh, there were so many of both, really. Um, I think one of the highs and one of the best parts, we had a moment where we were at our car. We'd only get about 10 minutes to restock, reload, eat, that kind of thing. And I just decided, you know what? I just need to lay flat. I need to lay flat <laughs> on my back for a minute. So I just laid flat in the parking lot. And I was looking at the stars, looking at the sky, and a giant meteor shot across the sky all the way across the sky and I got to see the tail and saw it burn out I was like oh my I was so exhilarated from that like it was a gift it was I needed it at that time because I was just worn out and I was tired and it was the middle of the night and I was trying not to think about how much longer I had to go I was trying to take it little chunks all right the next 30 minutes the next 30 minutes but that meteor was so cool. I've never seen one like that. I've seen a little glimpse of a shooting star, but not like this. This was something much bigger. And I just hooted when I saw it. I'm like, look at that. <laughs> so then everybody, were, they were all able to catch a glimpse of it before it burned out. And it was just like a gift to, to all of us at that moment, because it was a, it was, it was like a low spot that turned into a high spot. So that was cool. A, a low spot was, we had just been tasked with a really deep question and then we were sent solo to do a couple of miles around a lake that was gorgeous but we didn't really know where we were going we kind of had to figure the trail out there were some other people along the trail um that was kind of a low spot because i had to sit in a thought that i didn't want to really handle and deal with and kind of tease out how I felt about something and so that was that was tough because it was a solo a solo hike for a little while to really kind of sit in some of that so anytime we, he tasked us with some of these really tough questions it was kind of like oh you know I, this is why I don't deal with it because it's not fun yep. but it kind of forced us to and that it I tell you it's freed up some mental capacity it freed up some space in my soul so it was it turned out to be really cathartic and it was helpful it was just not fun at the moment but then when I realized after all of this was over how awesome it really was but in in the moment it's not awesome (laughs) it's not a lot of fun but once you get to the end of it it's you're thankful you're grateful and you realize okay I just, it's like you go through your email and you have 3,000 unopened emails and then you empty your trash and it gets rid of a thousand and you're like, yes, I have some more space. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> that was kind of what it felt like. So it was, those were a couple of the moments and he was really, really good about telling us, all right, you need to eat a lot right now. And that was really good training because I'm terrible and have been in the past with getting enough calories so that I don't bonk. Yep. And that's a skill that has to be taught. So he was really good at being very specific about when we needed to eat 
And he didn't necessarily tell us all what to eat. He just told us when to eat and you needed to eat a lot. So that was helpful because, again, it's coming from Tom Shea. And when he says you need to jump, then you jump, you know, so there's no question. He knows what he's talking about. He's well trained. So that was good because it it took that off the table where I had to kind of guess when I needed to eat and how much because I didn't know what was coming. But he helped us prepare so that we wouldn't bonk. So that was that was really helpful. And it took that. That's always been a loadness in other events for me is getting the nutrition right and the amount of nutrition. I've always struggled with that. So that that was something that he helped kind of take off the table. It was nice. So great. What a great experience. And it, it made me think of a saying I know you've probably heard too. You've got to go through the valleys to get to the peaks. And it sounded like that that trek around the lake was a valley that, that helped you get, get to another yeah. peak. And that's super cool. And make room for that. You know, sometimes you got to get the junk out so that you can have room for the peak. That's right. But if you don't, if you never get the junk out, how do you make any room? So yeah, it was, it was great. So good. Well, remind us again, his name and maybe how someone can find out more. Yeah. Tom Shea, T H O M S H E A. He's on Instagram at frogman out. You can find him at unbreakableleadership.com and you'll see the 24 hour event sign up there. I don't know how often he does these. I think he does them twice a year. But yeah, you can find he said he's in demand as a speaker. And I highly recommend his book, Unbreakable. It's excellent. And then he has a second book called Three Simple Things that's a leadership book. Uh, also excellent. So, yeah, it's just really something that's different and out of the box. And I, I highly suggest if you find yourself in a funk, this is a great way to get out of the funk. And in general, if you find yourself in a funk, sign up for something. You know, it just really gives you something to focus on. And even if you don't prepare, if, if you're just wrecked because you have not prepared for it, you still go. Do what you can it will force you to get out of a funk. It really does. It always works every time. Some wise words. Thank you for that. Like, that is quite the gift. And it made me think, it, we talked before we hit record, that I've, I've been in a little bit of a funk and I signed up for Orange Theory and it's it's helping me get out of that get out of that funk. So those are, those are some wise words. And Amy, thank you for sharing your experience. I know, you know a lot of people listen to this show while they're running and out there doing stuff. And I'm sure your words were in, encouraging for those that maybe are in that in that funk, or even if you're not, you, you, you at some point may, may find yourself there. So thank you so much. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, I'd love to get caught up a little bit on salty britches. And I know we are starting to enter the, the winter months and you have a winter product that everyone needs to hear about. Well, it definitely was in response to people that are doing it. It's just incredible things in the winter months. Salty britches, as a lot of people know, won't melt in the heat, but it will freeze in the cold and it gets really hard to squeeze out of the tube. So in response to that, we created the winter skin release. Same formula, different levels of raw materials. And the winter will not freeze, but it will melt in the heat. But you can use it during the winter sports. Even though it's, you know, you're not sweating heavily and sometimes you do in winter, you still can chase. You can still have blisters. It's still skin irritation and salty britches will certainly last longer than you will and the winter version will work in these really cold 
household environments. And that's available on our website. And you can also go to the locations tab on our website, getsaltybritches.com and see if there's a store near you that carries salty britches. We do not sell the winter on Amazon. We only sell it on our website or in stores. But it is available and it does work in the cold months. So something to consider when you're doing a lot of your races since it's race season, which I think really all year is race That's season true. when it comes to uh, trail races. That's so true. But uh, it, there's an option for that for those temperatures. Yeah, definitely go to get getsaltybridges.com and use – we have a code. You guys, you've given us a code. You're so so thoughtful. 20% off if you use Big Ass Runner in the uh, promo yep. code. So definitely go to, to getsaltybridges.com. It's getting colder, so I'm so thankful for that, Amy, because it's been so daggum hot here in Texas, I'm so right. we cannot wait for a cooler. It's a little bit cooler, but definitely headed in the right direction, so yeah, excited for that. Well, th- thanks so much for joining us and, and for sharing your experience, and we thank you, too, for the amazing product that you've created in Salty Britches that's helping so many of us trail runners get through some of these tough races. Well, I mean, I can tell you that the Big Ass Runner Herd is nationwide. So I went to a race locally here in South Carolina just a couple of weeks ago, and I I had a Salty Bridges hat on. And the guy said, hey, Salty Bridges. And he saw my hat. I said, yeah. And he said, "Uh, I've heard about Salty Bridges. I said, you did? Where did you hear about it? He said, the Big Ass Runner. All right. I said, oh, that's so cool. They're out of Texas. So, yeah, you, you have reached nationwide so congratulations well, we're also in latvia we're huge in latvia so we are we are international <laughs> <laughs> that's even better awesome well amy again thanks so much for sharing your experience for creating such a great product and for for joining the show we're so thankful to, to work with you and again thanks for being on thanks for having me we'll talk soon Well, one of the things we love to do is to give shout-outs and kudos to the big-ass runners out there just making it happen. This week, we have a very special shout-out. This is from Michelle Baker to her friend, the Swedish stallion himself, Andrew Marvin. Andrew finished the Moab 240, did it with a full hour to spare, toughed through it, was amazing, had a ton of people watching on the live stream, but Michelle says that she was there to see the struggle firsthand and his dogged determination to reach his goal was truly inspiring. We agree. Michelle giving a big shout out, as does the Big Ass Runners and the Big Ass Runner Herd, to Andrew Marvin for his amazing performance at the Moab 240. Way to go, Andrew. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Timmy time. I'm back. Timmy time is here. What's up, Herd? Oh, my God. He's back from Bora Bora. Yes, back from the trip. How was it, buddy? Man, it was beautiful. Nice? Yeah, not nice, not even a word. I don't even have the adjective to describe it. It was that nice. You yeah. can't even can't even put the words. No, I don't. They, uh, the colors of the water, I can't even explain. 
You know what's cool is your song's playing the whole time. Yep. Isn't that yep. amazing? There are no MB here. Marcy's not here to interrupt your song. Nope. And we would let her do that. Yeah. Because she's, she's, she's an eight. Yeah. Well, we're sevens. We want to have fun. That's true. Plus, we don't like to get yelled at. That's true, too. That is true, too. Well, we have a very special segment. You know, Timmy Time, you come on here and you you gift everyone with your golden vocals. You're welcome. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I get so many comments about it. People, you know, out running, you entertain them. Yeah. You, you, you put a smile on their face. Yeah. Today we're doing something a little different. You know, I, I feel like we've talked a little bit about your, just Timmy Time, you're the person before. But I think it's a good time to do, do a little segment we're going to call Get to Know Timmy Time. All right. Sounds good. And you know what? Running is stupid. Oh, we don't need to hear that today. We get to hear because running is not stupid. It's not stupid. No, as we've established. So I thought we'd dive into your running background. Okay, Timmy Time is is an excellent runner. You, whenever you do races, you're always you know in the top ten percent for sure. Maybe. Yeah, no, you mm. are. Mm. Yeah, you're always you're always up there towards the front. Hmm. I feel like you've got a gear. Like you can, you like you can push through pain pretty well. Yeah. For something, something inside. Especially, I remember. I remember there was a Frisco Trail race. You and Steven ran most of it together. And at the end, you're like, I think I'm about to leave him. Yeah, yeah. It's time to pass him. It's time to go. <laughs> and he can do a lot about it. And Steven's an excellent runner as well. Yeah, it just depends on the day. And well, of course, seems like every day for you, but that's yeah. okay. So let's talk a little bit about your your running background. How long have you been trail running? Okay, so here's kind of the background story. How Marcy says running is stupid. Yeah, I actually thought it was pretty lame for a long, long time. Uh oh, I did. Uh oh. Yep, I did. And then uh, I was with you. We went on a uh, bogies and stogies, a little golf trip, and uh, you guys were talking about doing an obstacle race or something and uh, you invited me to do it. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And I was like, what is it? And you're like six miles. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, <laughs> I got to get out and do some running or cause I was in decent shape. I just what, didn't run. Yeah. So I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of you guys. So I went out and started running and it was a great outlet for me. You know, I got some alone time or we'd go, go run together. It was just uh, it was, it was an experience that I, I never felt. And I actually realized that, hey, for being 36 years old, I'm not too bad at this. So how long ago is that? That's so 2014. 2014. So what is that, eight years? I'm bad at math. Six plus two. Yes, eight years ago. Yeah, so eight years. So I'm 47. Whoa. And yeah, I guess it was even later than that. Maybe it was 39 when I started running. There you go. So okay. maybe that's why I still have a little extra gear. You do have an extra gear. I didn't burn it out when I was younger. That's true. You saved it up. I saved it up. And I remember your first trail race because, what did Bandera? It was Bandera. Because I was training for Bandera. I was going to do a 50K right before my 50th birthday. And I was telling you about it. And you're like, who are you doing it with? I said, I'm just going to do it by myself. I said, I'll do it with you. I'll go. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> and you did. You crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is the longest I had ran before then was a half half marathon, 13-2. Yeah. You went from 13 to... 32. 32. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you fell really in love well. with it. I know. And you did really well. And I remember we would, we ran together, but you'd some, you know, sometimes you'd kind of sneak ahead and you'd wait for me at the next aid station. I'm like, Timmy, time, just go gallop. And you did. And you, you finished really well. 
That was a fun one. It was. That's the best one I remember. And I think that started Timmy time too, because we that's think that's the trip we started really jamming out mm-hmm. to music on the way back at the Waterburger. We told that story before. Oh yeah, and I think that's the first time we really realized we were sevens. <laughs> exactly. Because we Enne- pulled up Enneagram sevens. Yes. Yeah. Remember we pulled up late. We got the nicest hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ate Being dinner. Facetious. Yeah. And then uh, we pulled up to the race. What was it like at five thirty in the morning? Yeah, early. And we look at each other and we're like, "Hey, let's see who can meet the most people." Yep. You won, by the way. You, <laughs> you're a seven wing seven. I'm a seven wing eight. So you definitely met the most yeah. people. It was fun. That was a good trip. That was a yeah. good trip. All right. What's what's your? You've done several races, man. You've done Bandera a couple times. You've done other races too. Do you have a favorite race? I still think the Bandera the first time. Was the just because it was with you, just you and I? We had no idea what we were doing. I remember we showed up with uh, headphones and we started looking around and we're like, um, or earbuds, I guess, for the young folk. Yeah. And we're looking around, and we're like, no one has these. And you're like, I've heard trail people don't wear. <laughs> Listen to music, so we put them in our pockets and made a day of it. That's true. We met some ladies from France, and we did. Yeah, we took their picture. We did. We met a lot of people. I remember the at the starting line, we were all nervous. It was cold. We met those two younger younger guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're from like Minnesota or yeah. something. Yeah, they're all over the country coming there. Yeah, it was great. Big race, great race. And now now we run the aid station there. Yeah, we do. Chapa's. Chapa's aid station. So that's probably my like my favorite memory of a race. But I think maybe my favorite one was, well, the 50 mile, that's the longest one I've done. The and Rocky. I think I did pretty well at that. Yep. So we have some good memories of that one. What was it? The Dino Valley? Yeah. No. The bridge, Bridgeport. That's Bridgeport. Was where you go to the top of the. It's kind of you start at the plateau and go down and come back up. Yep. Yeah, that was my one of my favorites because I go to I got to run with you and then we were starting and you're like, hey, Coach Greg's here. Why don't you just run with Coach? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So I ran with Coach Greg the whole time and I ended up getting first in my my age. Yeah, you did. So I was pretty happy about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great race too. We can do that this year. I want to. We got to do that this yeah. year. What about favorite gear? Do you have something you're just, you can't run without? Um, now that I have the flow, running without a hat. Ah, the hair. Yeah, it's pretty tough. But uh, no, I'm not a gearhead with like uh, Stephen or you guys. <laughs> I mean, I just Keep I wore it simple. Yeah, I mean, I wore Hanes socks forever. Yep. I did get off the ons. I'm on to Sakani or Sokoni or... Sokoni, yeah. yeah. Do you wear Sokonis now I do. for trail? I didn't know that. No, not for trail. I wear Nikes for trail. That's right. Yeah. And then I do have a pair of Sokonis for trail just like as backup. Yeah. They're a little heavier, so I run in those sometimes just to... Uh, that way, race day, I'll be a little lighter. I think ons are starting to make trail shoes, so you'll probably... I hope so. Look at those at some point. Yeah. I mean, then when they first came out, I had the trail shoes, and I, I think I put like 400 miles on them. You did. Yeah. Like, Timmy time, it's time for some new ones. You know, I've never been a fan of the Ons. I just mm-hmm. didn't like the way that the the sole, the rickrack sole looked. But I had to get some for Orange Theory because that's what everyone wears. Mm-hmm. And I love them, actually. Yeah, they're comfortable. I love them. I have like four pair that I just, I'll run in them sometimes or casual shoes. But well, the problem with Orange Theory is you need shoes because you don't have time to change shoes. So you need shoes you can run in on the treadmill and then lift weights in. And so I was doing them in my road shoes, my Sockety road shoes. And when I was doing weights, those things are terrible. Yeah, not support. No, well, they just they're they're made for running. There's yeah, they're too it, not enough stability for yeah. weight training. So mm-hmm. switch to the ons. Yep. 
So remember how I got on to Ons, though? I don't. Remember we were down in San Antonio doing the race. It was the half marathon before we did Bandera. Oh, the rock and, and roll. Yeah. So we the get band. there and we were getting our tags and everything. I and was charging my Garmin, I think. You were charging your Garmin. We were looking for everything. Just meeting people. Me. Yeah. And then I looked down and they had Ons there. So I went up to them and I was like, hey, those shoes look cool. Let me try them on. And they fit. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to run in these. <laughs> they try them on. And you ran a whole uh, half marathon in them. I did. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's a good thing about new shoes. You don't have to wear them in. It's true. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, these days, you can just pretty much put them on and go. Put them on and go. All right, so there you, there you go in terms of gear. So a hat for the flow. Mm-hmm. Lightweight shirt. Sometimes yep. if it's cold, I'll wear a long sleeve, you know, thin shirt. But but what about hydration? What do you do for hydration? So I started with a camelback and yeah. uh, did not like that, didn't like the extra weight. And so I've tried handhelds, I've tried everything, but now I have a naked belt. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. the naked belt. Mm-hmm. So I like that. That is a good, that's good stuff. But what my it, problem is I don't really drink a lot of water when I'm running. And well, that's, that, bad. that's actually the next question. Yeah. Biggest trail running mistake. I can think of one for you, but you may have be thinking of something else. Starting off too fast? Yeah, that's what I was thinking <laughs> of. You are notorious starting out of the gate like a, just like yeah. a stallion, just go. Yep. And you can still do that, though, now. I think you're in good enough shape where you can actually do that. You, you did that early on med runs, and then Scott would pass you. Yeah, I would get, get stuck. Tired. Or stuck in mud. Or stuck in the mud. shoes. Yeah. So, no, I've, I've trained myself now. I like to start off with a little, because I finally realized that the first mile and a half, two miles are pretty important to yeah. get my breathing. So True. I'll start off at a relatively, pay, I hate getting passed. Yeah. Especially after. So now I've learned I hate getting passed towards the end. Uh, I don't mind if I get past at the beginning because then maybe I, th- I think, all right, I'm going to pass some of these. True. Because Stephen calls me a poacher. You are a poacher. Yeah. You'll, so. you'll be running, you'll see someone ahead, and you're like, I'm going to go get that person. Yeah. That's poaching. Mm-hmm. There you go. And then also it comes back to, you know, race day mistakes is not really knowing. So stopped at the aid stations or comfort stations and just throw down some stuff that I'm not used to eating. And then all of a sudden I'm running, I'm like, I got a cramp. Uh-oh. Like one time I grabbed some, uh, I think they were blocks, the chewables. Oh, yeah. But they had caffeine in them. Oh. And my legs cramped. Oh, man. Yep. So the, yeah, those little gel blocks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I stay away from those. Well, that was, that's actually, so you're, you're just guiding me through this. My next question was aid station go-to. So what do you get at the aid station? What, what are your ones you really like? Well, if anybody knows me, they lo- know that I take a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to work every day. So I will definitely eat the peanut butter and jelly. You are a PB&J aficionado. Yep. I'll throw down a banana and then uh, I love candy. I was going to say, (laughs) definitely get some gummy bears. Candy has to be up there. What about some hot tamales? Oh, if they have them, I'd eat them. Sometimes I carry them in my pocket. I know you do. Yeah. Oh, one race mistake I forgot I made is I tried, uh, I put, someone had told me for hydration, just keep some gum in your pocket. Some gum? Gum, like chewing gum. Yeah. I don't know who told me. Yeah. So I'm like 15 miles in and, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to try a piece. Man, my heart raced and I couldn't like. <laughs> it's too dry. Just dry. Yeah. That lasted about 30 seconds. Well, we'll have to find out who that was. Yeah. It wasn't me. No. So I me. do not recommend first time trying gum. Like maybe if you're running, you know, practice runs, try some gum, but yeah. it wasn't for me. Yeah. I hear you on that. What about your favorite distance? You've done a few different different distances. You've done you've done ten k's. You've done, I think Bridgeport is a 
30K, 19K, mm-hmm. well, I can't remember. You've done 25Ks, you've done 50Ks, you've done a 50 miler. Mm-hmm. Favorite distance that you like to do? I would say I like the 25K to maybe uh, the 19. You yeah. know, I like the good a little bit faster. 12 to 7. Yeah, because then I can see what I really have in the tank. Yeah, you and Steven are the same. He he likes the 25Ks. Yeah. But I don't mind the longer longer ones. I'm yeah. still, you know, I still want to apologize for billing on that 100K. It's just that was, Thanks, Timmy that was just too much, too much for me. So you're not signing up for the Moab 240 next year? No, I'm signed up for that one. Oh, you are? Sweet. No. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. I just talked about that on the open. Yeah. It is, uh, it just finished this yesterday, last night, actually. Okay. So it is uh, amazing to me still seeing those guys who are doing the 100 milers that just run. I know. The entire time. Right, yeah. Fast. The like when, of the world. Or like the 100K at Bandera. Yeah. That guy came back at, what were we, it was the second time or around at Chapa's. Yeah. He came through at mile, f- I don't know, 50 something. And was flying. Flying. Didn't even look like he was hurting at all. No. I'm like, Damn. He's doing like five minute miles when he came yeah. through. Now we were in this kind of a straightaway right there, yeah. but still. Still puts us in our place. Oh my, does it ever. Yeah. Last question and we'll, we'll shift to, shift gears a little bit, so to speak. Do you have a bucket list race? You have a race you're like, or distance, you're like, I really want to do this race or this distance someday. Well, I was supposed to do Glacier National. That's right. Yep. And I even got a shirt. You did get a shirt. It, but The White Fish Trail yeah. uh, Run, we were going to do mm-hmm. first weekend of October, but unfortunately, this is breaking news. It is breaking news. <laughs> My nephew's getting married that day, so... We had to push it out a year. Yeah. We're still going to do that oh, race. We'll still do it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That is a phenomenal. I heard from someone that did that race, one of our listeners. Phenomenal. Yeah. He said, unbelievable race. So sign up for the Whitefish Trail Run. I think they've got a, a 10K. Yeah, I know they have a 50K. Mm-hmm. Don, well, I think they have a half because Donovan's going to do the half. Yeah, that's true. So is that one on your bucket list then? That is one. And then, man, I just... Anywhere. I would love a destination. I love the destination races. Yeah. But I also, fun. also love the ones where they're, you know, a couple hours from Dallas and we get breakfast on the way. Go home. in the morning, run it, come home, eat. Yeah. You know, those are fun. Sweet. Well, let's let's switch. You know, the way people know you on this show, of course, la, 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 is for la, 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 la. your singing prowess. So I'd love to know your singing background, Timmy Time. When did you get started? Oh man, I was singing. Were you on the voice? I was. You, yeah. Well, well this I was is the voice. Yes. I was supposed to be in sync. Oh. You know, but they fi- figured I couldn't sing or dance. So <laughs> I didn't make the cut. You're gonna you tried out for in sync and you were not in sync. <laughs> the funny thing is that is one of like growing up, I always wanted to be a really good singer, and I just have a terrible voice. Well, we disagree. But, but that is that is one of like if I had a wish, it'd be like I'd love to be able to sing. You know what you have that a lot of people don't have. Timmy, time is passion. It's true. You That's put true. your little heart into it, and we all are the better for it. Do you have a favorite? We're gonna do two two favorite songs. Favorite song, just in general. Do you have a favorite song? You're like this is this is just my favorite song. Man, I go so I'm like obsessive compulsive. So I will get on one song and. St- listen to the crap out of it and then switch the and thing. then i won't listen to that song forever and then it'll pop back up but def leopard reminded me when we went to that concert i forget the name of the song but the one with the cowbell oh um you didn't go in, go in, go in. Uh, 
Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. Yeah. I love that song. I, good song. Yep. But I love country. I love bro country. I love, oh, no. Uh, I Timmy can, time. I can listen to some old school rap. I like slow songs. You know, some Atlantic Star. Atlantic Star. You know, um, one of my, I remember in eighth grade, my favorite song was Sheriff. Oh, yeah. Um, because I had a girlfriend and that was our song. So. When I'm with you. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, do you have a favorite song that you've done on the Timmy Time segment? I have one. All right, let's hear yours. Well, when you did the Titanic <laughs> song, that broke the internet. That was, that's been my favorite. Do you have a favorite one that you've done? You know what? There's been so many hilarious moments on that, but I, the Michael McDonald, where you took over, <laughs> that's the one that sticks like in that my mind. Oh, dude. You don't know me, but I'm your brother. Yeah. Yes. So those, um, I have definitely have some unfavorite ones. <laughs> All the rest. All the rest of them. <laughs> Especially when you give me the the words and I, it's like the middle of a song. I know. And I have no idea. Like, what you, it is. You help me with the rhythm here, Hefe. Well, you've done really well. I think any of the any rap, you you excel at the rap. Oh, I appreciate. I wouldn't say excel, but yeah, I would. I've got a little flow. Oh, yeah. You get the flow yeah. going. You get the beatbox yeah. thing happening. Sometimes it'll help you out with that. What about favorite group? Do you have a favorite group? Man, that's the same thing. Just or artists? Artists, they just come and go. You know, I really like Justin Timberlake. Always Ooh, have. Yeah, JT. Yeah, he's good. I just love how he does it. But I go, like, I'm into 80s metal now. Ooh, 80s yeah, metal. after that concert. So it's yeah. like, boom. And then we go to a Christian concert, and I love Need to Breathe. Yep. You know, yep. so it just, whatever is in front of my face at the time, I fall in love with it. You know what? Diversity is good. Yeah. I, th- I love a whole, I'm, I'm in a kick right now where I'm listening to a lot of ABBA. Yeah. ABBA's great. Apparently ABBA's huge on TikTok. Yeah. Like, hey, everybody look, I've been into ABBA for a long time. Like, give me some credit here, people. Yeah. But that's what what's makes our uh, road trip so fun. That's right. Because we can go from 70s country to... You know, That's well, true. N- little newer stuff. A little bit newer. A little I, bit newer. I do not like, as Timmy Time knows, I'm not a bro country yeah. fan, but I am a country fan. Mm-hmm. Well, is there a song that you're like, I would love someday to sing this song on a Timmy Time segment? Oh, man. I don't think so, because I really don't love singing on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I've enjoyed some of our duets. Yeah, the duets are fantastic. I'm trying to think of a song. You've kind of put me on the spot. Let's see. Yeah, I did not share these questions with Timmy Time ahead of time. Yeah. As per usual. You know what? I think we need to do a duet of uh, Air Supply. That would be tough. Yeah. That would be that would that would test our range. That would. <laughs> that would be fun though. Big fan of Air Supply. <laughs> yeah, me too. They take a lot, a lot of, they take a lot of flack. They I don't do. like them. They do. They got like four good songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more than that. I, I, mean, I can name probably seven. All right, we're going to shift into a little bit of just get to know Timmy time, the person. How long have you been married to Marcy? It'll be 19 years, so it'll be 20 years Ooh. in January. So don't get this one I wrong. I think it's January 18th. <laughs> you better I think. You better be sure. Oh, it's somewhere in January. You know what? I feel like last time y'all had an anniversary, she, she forgot as well. Yeah, we, it's one thing we just can't have a hard time remembering. <laughs> when you're in just love, it doesn't even oh, matter what day gosh. it is. Yeah. Goodness gracious. So we do remember because we got married in January 18th or 19th or 17th, one of those. And then we got found out we were pregnant on Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. So Charlie was born on October 4th, 2003. 
Nice. So we know it's always close to nine months. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> she always does the math when she was little, too. She's like, all right, were you guys, uh, was I pregnant before? Yeah, no, like, no, no, do the no, math. Do the math. It's a honeymoon baby. Yep, honeymoon baby. You guys are fertile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, where did you grow up, Timmy Time? Okay, so we were actually talking about this a little earlier. I was actually born in Tyler, Texas. Tyler, yeah. we're running of the rose. Running of the rose, me and Earl Campbell. There you go. So born in Tyler, my dad was in construction, so he was uh, he would build homes, and then while that one was selling, he'd work on another one, so we'd live in that one, so we moved a lot. So we lived in Tyler, Jacksonville, then we moved to Bryan, then we moved to College Station, then we moved to Plano. And, and you then, were all over the yep, place. Mm-hmm, and multiple houses in there. I think we counted. I think I lived like in 23 houses by the time I was in eighth grade. So let me ask you... With that experience, did that help you? Because you 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 can meet someone. I think that's what made me a seven. Yeah, you're like you can meet. There, there's no strangers with yeah. me time. Mm-mm. I had to. I had to had to adapt. You had to learn you know? how to meet new people. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I think you can actually close yourself off. Yeah, you did the opposite. I did the opposite. So I was like in uh, kindergarten, and then one school, first and second in another one, third and fourth in one, fifth in another one. And then sixth, seventh, and eighth, and then high school was all the same school. And you're in California at some point. Mm-hmm. So after uh, eighth grade, moved to Southern California. Got it. Yep. That was with dad's work as well? Dad's work as well. Sweet. Yep. Very that was, cool. That was a cool place to go to high school. In California? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you like it? I did like it. Yeah. None of my other family did, but I loved it because in Southern California, you'd go to the beach. It was like 45 minutes to the beach, 45 minutes to the mountains. So I was snowboarding, trying to surf, whatever. So, if only you had the hair back then. Only if I had the hair. Dude, this is the longest my hair's ever I, been. Well, yeah. yeah. Flowing, baby. Yeah. So with in California, did you have an athletic background? Did you play sport? You said you surfed and you and you. Well, I attempted surfing. That was one sport that I was never... That's tough. I just couldn't get it. Remember when you and Scott tried to... Was it windsurf? Windsurf. That's, that's hard. It is hard. Yeah. So we actually went on a trip in to Costa Rica over the summer for Charlie's graduation trip. And they had surf lessons, so they taught us how to surf, and we actually, I actually learned how to surf. Hey! Yeah, so got up and had fun. Nice. Did you but, play uh, football, basketball, baseball, any of those sports? I play, started playing soccer, basketball, baseball, a little bit of football. I played football till eighth grade, and then I didn't want to play, and then I wrestled in high. I played, I was going to play ba- uh, basketball in high school. That's what I was, I thought that was my best sport. And then I uh, broke my collarbone. Ooh. Yep. And then uh, the wrestling coach saw me, so I wrestled. Uh oh. Yep. Saw the potential in Timmy. Saw the time. potential. Saw my little bit. Dude, I was five two and weighed ninety eight pounds as a freshman. <laughs> and how tall are you now? About five eleven and a half. So you've grown a little bit. One seventy eight. Nice, nice. Well, what do you do for a living, Timmy? Time people were curious. So the easiest thing to say is I finance tow trucks. There you go. Yep. You finance tow trucks. Yep. Someone wants to buy a tow truck, and those things can get expensive. Real expensive. A couple hundred grand, right? Yep. Oh, like or eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred thousand for a tow for a big truck? One. Mm-hmm. They're like they're like cranes. Okay. Yeah. For like the really bad accidents and stuff. Yep. So I just want to say, anybody out there who doesn't know what they want to do when they grow up, I promise you, I did not grow up wanting to finance tow trucks. <laughs> things just happen. Yeah. How did that happen? God just puts you in a place. Yeah. So I was actually working for uh, AT&T, got a job there. One of my buddies was, was a recruiter, was working for them on computers. And then 
didn't like that. So then I went into some, I forgot where else. No, that computer was before that. Anyway, I was just running around trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then I got into selling oil and gas, like making the phone calls. And I found out I was pretty good on the phone, but I wasn't getting paid. Uh-oh. No. That's so, important when you're yep. trying to make a living. So this is how old I am. So I looked, I started looking for another job, saw an ad in the paper, the one ads, yeah. <laughs> and it said, low base, high commission salesman needed. So I went and interviewed. I had no really sales experience except for the three months I was doing the oil and gas. So Matt Monero took me on a limb, and it is, I just, September 4th was 21 years. Unbelievable. Yeah. So you ad- answered an ad low base, high commission. Mm-hmm. You're like, Hey, sounds good to me. And, yep. and the low base was really no base, no base, no base. No base. But no you know, base. like I said, God provides Marcy had a good job. So she supported us while that got going. And then once we got pregnant, she didn't work. And luckily she hasn't worked since then. And you've done quite well, as you can oh, imagine. Okay. Timmy, you've done quite well. You're, you're, you're obviously a people person, a connector, so no surprise. And that's allowed you to do some fun things. So tell us a little about maybe your favorite vacation. You're going to hate this, but I love Bonaire. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. It was Bonaire. my first. <laughs> yep. so have we told the Bonaire story on this show before? I don't think so. I don't know. We... So Scott Gracer, who's been on the show before, and Timmy Time, mm-hmm. and our, our, our spouses, the six of us, Scott had heard that this place called Bonaire, it's out near Curacao mm-hmm. in Aruba. Yep. I'm like, oh, those sounds Some of the best great. water to scuba like, ever. Oh, it's the best scuba. Now, my wife, Alice, and I don't scuba dive, but we thought, we thought man, if it's the best scuba, how great is the island going to be? It's going to be amazing. And we get there, and it is probably the ugliest island I've ever seen. <laughs> Looked like a hurricane went through it. Above the water, but apparently under the water, it was incredible. Yep. They did have good gelato. They did. Yeah, Jeff and I it. almost got arrested. We did nearly get yep. arrested. We were in the wrong place at the wrong, wrong time. time. Yep. We were getting money, right? Weren't we getting oh, money? Oh, yeah. Yep. We were for, trying for to steal more money for more gelato. And no, so the funny story about that is, so Marcy um, is pretty outgoing. So she got certified in scuba when she was like 21, and she was always trying to get me to do it. And I was like, no. Don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. I don't like sharks i don't like all that stuff and to be honest with you i didn't want to do it hungover because you know i like to i like to drink so then i think it was either 18 or 19 gracer asked me he's like hey let's get you know i'm certified marsh certified christian certified get certified so i was like okay i'll do it (laughs) and marsh is like wait a minute yeah so i did it and i love it and we've gone oh i don't know we've probably done since 2019, maybe seven or eight trips scuba. A lot of times just me, Marcy, and Charlie. Charlie's, so cool. Charlie's certified now, so she loves it. And Charlie is, is their daughter who's now a freshman at Arkansas. Sweet. Doing well. Yep. Well, you mentioned didn't want to scuba dive hungover. So tell us a little bit. We talked a little bit about this on the show before. But something happened in 2011. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Yep. The 2011 s- Timmy time. 2011 Timmy time is not a pretty story. So, you know, I grew up. Just like, I don't know, I would say the majority of crazy kids. I was always willing to do anything, but I got into uh, some drinking and some drugging and younger and kind of passed that. Mess, met Marcy at the lake. We were both, we, you know, we like to so meet people. The yeah, we did. We did. Yep, we met <laughs> so at the fun. lake. Yep. And then uh, anyway, everything was fine. And then uh, my drinking started getting a little bit too much. And then um, in 
Oh, I guess it was mid-June or mid-summer. Yeah, I, I guess the mid, middle of 2011, I started feeling like I like was sick. I was like, I don't, and I never go to the doctor or anything. And I was still going to work, doing all that stuff. I just didn't feel right. And one morning or evening, I can't really remember what, I was in the bathroom and I basically called Marcy in and said, hey, I think I need to go to the emergency room. I was like, my stomach is just, there's something right, not right. So she hightailed me over there, we went in the emergency room and they uh, got me in, pulled my blood and my blood was pink. Ugh. So my pancreas had basically shut down. So I had pancreatitis wow. at like 35. Wow. So of course they took me to medical. They said that they couldn't do it there. So I went to another hospital. I was there for like 12 days, just eating ice cubes, things like that. Just letting everything try to heal. So then I got out and was okay. And the doctor said, just don't drink. If you don't drink, you're going to be all right. And my little dumb Timmy time decided that I knew better than the doctor. So what does the doctor know? Yeah. What does the doctor know? So I started uh, drink. Well, in the meantime, when I was at the hospital, they had given me a hydrocodone, oh, yeah. which I had never taken, and I liked it. You liked it. <laughs> I liked you liked how it? it made me feel. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of got hooked on those, and then started drinking again. And unfortunately, I don't really remember anything from September through the end of the year in 2011 so four months you yeah just, don't remember. just almost a total blackout i mean wow. i was going to work every day i was doing everything you're functioning i was functioning i just it's kind of a blur unreal and then uh from the grace of god you know marcy was always uh there for me and then she talked to her my boss and uh they basically met me in my office one one day with bags packed and said you're either going to rehab or you don't have a house to go to or a job to come to and I thought about it for a split second and said all right I guess I'm going to uh rehab wow and uh and how long were you in rehab 30 days and that was in Texas somewhere yeah it was in Grapevine Grapevine yep Grapevine Valley Hope in the great place so anyway I was there for probably like the first three or four days I was trying to figure out how I could sneak out yeah, that's what I think that's what everyone wants to do. Yeah, so I figured it out. And then uh, finally it came to the realization that I was an alcoholic, drug addict. I just, I was looking around and going, holy crap, I belong here. Wow. And uh, I remember I said a little prayer to God and I said, God, I just need your help. I don't want to do this anymore. And I tell that story the next morning I woke up and it was the first time that I woke up and having a drink or drug wasn't the first thing that I thought of. Wow. And that was the beginning of my journey in sobriety. Incredible. And yeah. would you would you say that you you had to come to that place where you admitted to yourself, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict? Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever done, especially yeah. saying it out loud. Absolutely. And then, uh, but once I said it out loud and that release was gone, and I fortunately haven't looked back, but I go to a lot of meetings. I help a lot of people. But the cool thing about being sober is, dude, I've lived a much better life in the past 10 years than I have the first, you know, 35. And did you buy into that lie of you can't have fun unless you're drinking and drugging? 100%. Yeah. I didn't think I'd be able to go golfing. I didn't think I definitely would never be able to go on a lake. <laughs> yeah, because it's, you know, that's what you do on the lake. That's what you do on the lake. Unbelievable. But, you know, now I've learned that I can do anything, you know. And sober how long? Uh, it'll be, ten, it's 10 years and like nine months now. Unbelievable. So, yeah, life-changing. We're proud of you, Timmy Tom. Well, thank you. Do you have, so if someone's out there listening right now that's struggling a little bit with this, any, any words of wisdom? 
it's kind of hard to talk to people about it. But if you are, if you think you're, you know, drinking a little bit too much or, you know, it's causing issues in your marriage, if you're running away from your feelings and drinking them away instead of dealing with them, then you might need some help. Talk to a friend, talk to somebody. But yeah, the most important thing to me was, for me, was to admit to myself. Yep. So, so I've cool. seen a lot of people come into the rooms and unfortunately can't make that decision for themselves so they don't stay. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for being so transparent about that and, yeah. and sharing. With I love them. it. I know, and, I know it's part of your story and mm-hmm. part that you that was so impactful for you and anything you can do to help other people, I know you want to do. Yeah. And the funny thing is the majority of people I know don't even know that side of me. Yeah. You know, they just know... Me. No time. They just know me. They know I'm a fun guy. I like to do things. I like to run. I like to hike. I like to, I'm a totally outdoor person. You know, I was always before I'd have to be somewhere close, you know, so I could get a drink on. And now it's just like, you know, we can go up to the mountains and I don't have to worry about, oh, is there a store near here? Is there something around here that I can get? Yeah, right. Like, no, I can just live. Freedom. Freedom. So great. Yep. Well, thanks for sharing that. And, and so l- looking forward, Timmy Time, any any races on your horizon? No, we, we're not able to do the the whitefish, but anything you, you've got on the calendar? Oh, we got Lake Murray. Like Yay, in, uh, Lake Murray. Two weeks. Is it two, two weeks? weeks. You're doing, doing, you're doing, yeah, it is. You're doing the 50K. I am. Yep, we're going to see how that goes. Hayden and I, my son Hayden and myself, we're going to do the 25K. Yeah. Yep. So if you're going to be out there, we'd love to say hi. If you're not going to be out there, get out there. It's kind oh, of yeah. the central part of the U.S. Come meet us out there. Yep, we're going to have an RV. Yeah, we're, we're going to bringing, camp uh, for the first time. We're actually going to camp on site. Yep, bringing Marcy and Rowdy. That's right. My They're wife. working at aid stations. They are. I think the uh, start finish. Yeah. So much fun. I've heard from a couple of folks that are going to be out there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Be a great time. I know there's several runners that are doing their first hundred miler out there yeah. too. So mm-hmm. and that race has only been around for what two or three several years? Several years, yeah, just a few years. So. so there's a chance to get a record. Yeah, Blaze Trails does that one. Chris mm-hmm. does a great job. And I know I think Danny's gonna go for a first hundred miler. So it's yeah, gonna be but, awesome. And Blaze Trails has the best shirts. They do, they really do. They do. <laughs> they really do. Super cool yeah. stuff. So just think if you run a hundred miles or even a, what, what's the shortest one they have out there? I don't know. You um, get a shirt. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure what the shortest is. The funny thing is just going back to those shirts. Yeah. Like the majority of my shirts in my closet are race shirts. Oh yeah. That's, that's the, that's the vibe, baby. <laughs> that's the vibe. Well, Timmy time. It's been an honor to know you all these years. Thanks for sharing a little bit of yeah. yourself with the big ass runner herd. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Timmy time. So long, farewell. Let's see you out there. It is a good song. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 116 of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks for listening and a big thanks to everyone involved with this episode, to Jesse for the amazing introduction, to Amy Tucker for sharing her experience in that amazing 24-hour challenge. 
And Salty Britches is amazing. So go to GetSaltyBritches.com. Use the code BIGASSRUNNER for 20% off. Winter's coming. You heard about her winter product. And I wasn't talking about Game of Thrones, but winter is coming. So definitely take advantage of that. Also, big shout out to Andrew Marvin for your amazing performance at the Moab 240. And thanks to Michelle for giving that shout out to Marvin. And of course, to Timmy Time. Enjoyed getting to know you more. I mean, I knew knew Timmy Time more. But I'm sure the big ass runner heard. Enjoyed getting to know Timmy Time a little bit more. And thanks to you, the big ass runner heard, for listening. We so appreciate it you we see the numbers it's amazing get the feedback so thankful for you listening well with that get out there hit those trails and keep running your asses off so long have a great show for you in episode we have a great show for you in segment number one and we hear it all the time but you are more capable to do more and go longer and scratch that steve that was terrible to her friend the sweetest the sweetest stallion himself and you know what well and you know what i got cut off What's where the pavilion where you go and get your tag and everything? Yeah, right? what do they call that? The there's a name. Kind of like the meet and greet or whatever. It's the the uh, show. Yeah, what do they call? Hold, please, Steve. Uh, what do you, what do they call that? It's a race. Um, hey, Al. It's not a pavilion. It's uh, anyway. What does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. So whatever they whatever they call that thing before the yeah. event. Yeah.